Good morning. So we have just finished our morning sessions, 6.15 and 7 a.m. Thought I would jump on and answer this question I had on, I've, I've had this loads of times in different forms. Basically the fact, you know, with COVID-19, um, isolation, um, lockdown, people have been moving less, lots more people obviously still now working from home um, and just generally moving less. I know, for example, my step count, morning, Julie, my step count has gone from like five, 10,000 to like three, 4,000. Even with a structured walk, we go for a walk most days. Um, if you're coming in, give me a like, say hello, let me know you're, you're watching. Um, so I wanted to talk about a recent study, which is 2020, um, which looked at the impact of just being sedentary um, during this time and also the impact on our on our brain health, on our cardiovascular health, on our metabolic health, and also some practical considerations that, that they kind of come come up with. So if we think about what, what they kind of talked about is even like six to ten days, we can see rapid muscle loss, okay? Morning Kim, rapid muscle loss. So what they actually found was that inactivity of just two days can you can see start to see a bit of a difference. But after 10 days, loss of muscle was six days, six uh, percent, sorry, and after 30 days, 10 percent, which is significant when you consider that muscle has such a role in terms of our insulin sensitivity. This is kind of um, important to think about with metabolic health, diabetes, how we handle sugar in a nutshell. Also, in terms of our neuromuscular system, and they actually said that after just 10 days, this is from there, signs of, can be observed after just three days of inactivities. Yeah, it's interesting. So it, it's just more showing that how important daily exercise, daily movement is. And hopefully, obviously, with the advice to walk more, people actually did get out and walk, walk more and still are now. But when we look at, in terms of the, the risk, like, and, and muscle loss as well is what I'm getting at from a health perspective, because often we think about muscle as just as a, you know, something that looks good, but it's it's very important for our insulin sens sensitivity, storing sugar. And all these things are risk factors too, diabetes, are not to mention cardiovascular health, just being fitness, our VO2 max, so our oxygen uptake, you know, the fitter we are, better our lung capacity is, which is very relevant to now more than any ever again as well. So what, going on to more practical considerations of what they said, morning, Michelle, morning, Helen, morning, Rachel, more practical considerations were, obviously they said to reduce energy intake. And I get this is hard, um, especially with more food around. And I talk about little strategies to help with this quite often in terms of whether that's changing your environment, keeping a glass of water within arm's reach, making sure that snacks are six feet away. For example, the other day, um, we watched the film and he had some chocolate and I just found myself, I wasn't even hungry. So I just slid it across the room and it just meant that I didn't eat anymore. <laughs> like, I know it's like, it takes something to do that, but it's just such small things that can sometimes just jog you. One of the ladies, she puts a little, she's got like a little stick man in her cupboard that says, why are you here? <laughs> We've actually got habit checklists that we sent out as well that says, what are you craving? Is it worth it mentally, physically? Because remember the, the, the reason why we kind of do it is because we get instant gratification, right? Chocolate, instant gratification. Wine, instant gratification. 
whether we want to do it or not, that thinking about our long-term goal is, is a bit boring. It's less, you know, health, fitness, all that stuff, weight loss, the way we you know, fitting into these clothes or whatever. Even if you say things like, you know, I hear this a lot, like I want to be able to chase after my kids, grandkids. Even saying those things, they're not instant gratification there and then, whereas, you know, food, drink is. So it is always a challenge, but the more you can write down the benefits, drawbacks of your behaviour, and our behaviour, our habits, the easier, the more self-aware we can become about them. So practical solutions were that consuming more vegetables, of course, and but making sure you're getting more protein in. So we have a physiological need. If your physiological need for nutrients isn't met, you're going to be slightly more vulnerable to just snacking. So, for example, protein, fish, lean meats, poultry, uh, beans, legumes, eggs, dairy, all these tofu, whatever chickpeas, pulses, yeah, lentils. Getting enough protein in is going to help with that. It helps our hunger hormones to kind of come up faster, tell us that we've had enough, we're good, more so than any other food. Not to mention it might have a bit of a thermogenic effect in that when you eat protein, you'll actually burn more calories to digest it than you would, say, from carbs and fats. This is a, a small thing, but it all adds up. So they actually recommended um, 1.3 grams of protein, per kilogram of body weight. So put into perspective, you could probably hit that if you had, put this in English, kind of like a, a hand size portion of protein at every meal, whether that's like a chicken breast, whether that's like yogurt. I know it's harder with yogurt, but you could just say a fist size of yogurt. If you had that three, three times a day, you're going to be close on that. Um, but often, you know, breakfast traditionally, especially in the UK is like, if we compare it to like Europe, is very kind of low protein. Like we, we look at like cereals and stuff quite often, which don't often have protein in. Then for lunch, you might have a soup, which is fine. But again, we're low on protein. And if we're thinking about aging well, you know, having independence for as long as possible, sar avoiding sarcopenia, which has lots of issues, you know, we're looking at trying to get more protein in the diet in general. Um, then they, they looked at, obviously, like monounsaturated olive oil, good fats in there. Then looking at meal frequency, and I think this is one that I've touched on a lot. So meal frequency, you know, come from Italian background, I like to feel really full up. Um, whether that's because, you know, when always when I've, ate, I've used to leave the dinner table feeling pretty stuffed. That's kind of how I was. Otherwise, you, you didn't love Nonna. So... For me, actually having fewer meals, like two or three meals, can work quite well for me in terms of if I have two or three meals, I'm pretty good. Whereas if I try and have like uh, three or four meals, maybe especially four meals and try and have smaller meals, you know, you know, that theory of the metabolism spikes every time you eat. That actually backfires to me because when I eat, it almost opens up you know, the, the possibility of me overeating because I almost get hungry. And it's also unproductive for my day to do stuff, to get work done so I can actually spend more time with my family too. Like, it's just unproductive. But because I like to leave the dinner table feeling full, it just doesn't suit me that much because I'm not like <laughs> like Mrs. Frucci who can just go, you know what, I'm full up and just leave a bit. I, I can do that, but it's a lot of effort and easier for me, just have two or three meals and I'm done. So, a few little take-homes from there. Um, 
nothing special about when you eat carbs or anything like that. Had a, and this kind of relates to it. Um, one of the ladies said yesterday, if I have carbs at, I'm trying to have my carbs in the morning so that they're burnt off more through the day as opposed to an evening. But then in the evening, I'm starving and end up eating carbs sometimes anyway, or I'm really craving carbs and just, it's just a constant, you know, big thing that doesn't need to be. So what we kind of went through is actually, you know, your total intake is the key thing. Just have your carbs later. Your body doesn't go, oh, you've had them later in the day. Um, we're going to store that now as all, all this fat. It's, your body's not that simple. It's it's way more smarter than we think we give it credit for sometimes. For example, if you work out or you're more energet energetic in the morning, your body will just burn it then. We're always storing and burning fat all day. It's the net balance that counts. Every time you eat, you store fat. Your body's in storage mode. Every time you eat, whether you eat healthy or unhealthy, it's, it's, it, storing, storing mode is a good thing. It's how we store energy and get energy. It means that we don't have to graze like a cow. So hope that helps. Hope that just sums up a few things a little bit. Wanted to share that. Um, as I know, it comes up a lot, you know, and there's a few kind of practical things with the protein. Meal frequency can definitely help help having the carbs when you want to have them and to fit your lifestyle because actually calorie deficit, overall calories are the key thing, whether you count them or not, you know, a hand size is fine. Aiming for a hand size protein at every meal is a good starting place. Um, I always, Rachel said, I always thought big meals were worse than smaller meals throughout the day. Uh, it depends on your overall intake. So if you're having big meals and you're having these big meals often obviously they're going to be worse than having the smaller meals often because you're eating more but if you're having and it depends what you define as a big meal right it's a very vague thing but i guess if someone has two meals they feel full up and their their mind's not on snacking and that suits them that's fine it's your overall intake which is going to be the key thing um and i guess that kind of comes into the fasting which is quite a big thing at the moment not that it's it might have more benefits but it might not too. You've got to do what fits you. If it makes someone binge, then it's not going to be good for them. Does that make sense, Rachel? I hope it does. I am going to be going into more detail on this, by the way, on a seven-day free kickstart that I'm doing next week from Monday. So the group will open up on Saturday. This is completely free, by the way. I'll put the link in the in the description, actually. I looked up like the description. Put the link in the description if you want more information on that. It's completely free, seven days. And it's a good reset for anyone, if I'm honest, just to kind of get back to basics, get some motivation, go over some of this stuff in a bit more of a structure so you can have a bit of a plan and a starting place to go. And it's always good as a refresher to, to do this stuff and take the time to do that, kind of break away from the, you know, just trying to be good each day and it having the good intentions but not kind of it breaking through and actually just getting clear on, right, I'm just going to do this one habit today. Morning, Julie. So if you want more information on that, I'll put it in the comments. Uh, no, in the description. And you can click that and get on there. That starts Monday. Anyway, any questions, as always, let me know. Have a good day. Enjoy the sun. As I've said most days <laughs> during this lockdown, which has been very good. I imagine, I'm, I'm guessing here, that the moment lockdown is like properly lifted, it will just start raining. Not that I'm complaining, but, you know. It's just, it's just going to happen, isn't it? So any questions, let me know and speak soon.